0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. Good to see you in church. Love being home. Love being in Tamworth. Uh, I don't know about you, I love the church love the church since i was young love it in all of its imperfection and uh, you know there are some things that are imperfect there are plenty of things that are imperfect but man when the church gets it right there's nothing like it on the planet and um, and uh, so you know when Australia was in its early history and you know the convicts were causing carnage you know they did don't you the, the governor came in and put churches in every community You put churches Hospitals and schools. He put churches because he knew that that would bring about a shift. And so, you know, it's good to be in church. And uh, my prayer today is that something would go on in your heart that fundamentally brings about a positive shift. Uh, in the traditional church parish, the local church minister, uh, there's an image coming up on the screen, um, he, he, you know, he would and it wasn't he like in the traditional church parish. Look at that. Isn't that gorgeous? I tell you, I've told Brum when I get to 65, uh, if there's no other plan, I'm going to retrain as a traditional minister, and um, I'm going to find the best parish I can in the UK or Scotland or Wales, and I'm going to retire there. I'm going to preach on Sunday, I'm going to drink coffee on Monday, and I'm going to have the rest of the week off, because that's what people think preachers do anyway. (laughs) Look at it that's kind of like a great image of the traditional church parish isn't it you know when we think of that and think of another time even if you don't have a church background you've seen that in movies and and the, the the church minister the church pastor would would be assigned a geographical place and a group of people in a in towns and villages and obviously they'd come together on a Sunday and he would to use really churchy term he would feed the sheep he would build up the life and faith of the congregation as they orientated themselves around the scriptures and in prayer and then through the week he would be the minister moving amongst people in their natural environment um christian people he the the clergy would visit the the parishioners and uh, uh but they'd move also amongst the community people who were seekers people who were agnostic that is believing god but not jesus you know some kind of god um um but haven't really you know put shape around it he, he would move amongst them the agnostic the believer the seeker the critic the hostile and the person a breath away from believing in jesus he would move amongst them all monday to friday or however that worked and then on sunday they would gather and week by week he'd pastor the local people don't you love that kind of local church i'm sure to some of you in some ways the way i passed is a disappointment because not quite like that um but, but it's a beautiful picture. And if you've been around like me, I love that picture. If you go to Bendemeer, it works exactly like that in our newest church. And, and it's a beautiful picture and we kind of like that. And, and you can see how if that is the picture and the minister is moving amongst the people and they're gathering on Sunday, you can see how church would build and lives would change and communities would be kind of, you know, shifted, wouldn't they? And yet, that idea that we've got there is um it's it's such an inadequate representation of what God would do the idea of the parish priest moving around his ministry he'd be there for births and deaths marriages and birthdays in crisis sickness tragedy celebration all kinds of things and and he'd be there he'd be amongst the people and he'd understand well the boundaries of his parish and the role of his ministry and he'd and, and he'd get it done but if you're like me as much as we love that picture it's At the the same time, it's a beautiful thing and it's a limited thing because he can only reach so far. Jesus' picture is every believer moving amongst their personal parish. That's actually Jesus' thing. That picture there, which we leave it on the screen, is you've got that yourself. God's plan is for you and I, for all of us, to move amongst our parish on Sunday. There are people in this room that you're connected to that I'm not so connected to. You have relationship, you've got history, you've got credibility that someone like me doesn't necessarily have immediately. You've got trust that I don't necessarily have. You're able to move in those circles because in fact, it's the parish that you're part of. We'll call it a personal parish. We all have them. You have one, I have them. Yours looks different to mine, um, but we have them. Jesus' plan is not that the parish priest would. Kind of get it done, but that we would each take charge of our own personal parish in the place that we live. Uh, The Bible says this. So I want to talk about this today. I want to help you with this today, knowing many of you already live this today, but hopefully can stir something good in it and good in us. Jesus' picture is every believer moving amongst their personal parish. Rick Warren, Pastor Rick Warren, says it's every member a minister that that's what Jesus intends for the church age. The mobilized church each of us with a personalized parish we all have a personal parish i have one and you have one the bible says this so christ gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service or in another version works of ministry so that the body of christ may be built up so god clearly did give people that were gifted i suppose like me for this purpose that you might be equipped to continue his service and you know we've all got gifts they're all different this happens to be mine you have a different gift and it looks like what it looks like and he says but but he's done it so that people like me would build up a church like ours people like you and then the same passage Ephesians chapter 4 goes on to say from him meaning Jesus the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work all part of the parish all have our place in the parish 2 Corinthians says this therefore if anyone is in Christ the new creation has come the old is gone the new is here all this is from God who reconciled us to himself which is what Dave talked about through Christ through Jesus and gave us gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ or in Jesus not counting people's sins against them and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation And so here we see kind of the parish work in two little passages. There's the parish work of building up the people of faith, the local church, and there's the parish work of reconciling the world to Jesus. And in both instances, it's not pointed at a parish priest or a parish minister, but to each of us. And so we all have a parish. You have a parish, I have a parish, and they just look different to each other. In the same way that the parish priest or the minister understood well the boundaries of and the work within his parish as he moved around it, he understood that he had a delegated sphere of influence. He understood that he had a trust to steward and he understood he had a parish to pastor or a parish to minister. You and I have a trust to steward, people that God's given us to steward, right? If you're a believer in Jesus. If you're not, um, it's hopefully it's in your future when you surrender your life to him. But we all have a, a people group to steward within his church and beyond his church and you have and I have and so as I look around this room there's so many people living it and but what if we could get a groundswell beyond what already is and to be honest I think it's quite simple isn't it there's this building the church part of a parish and there's going into the community part of each of our parish and I think the thing that really stands in in my way most of the time in doing this well is just that I'm a little bit too concerned with me but when I get past that and when I'm about you and about Jesus' work, that begins to, to change. So let me talk to you today a few things. A simple plan and principles to live by in pastoring our personal parish. The idea that God's got a people and a place for you to minister to in your unique way, uh, I think is a wonderful idea. Aren't you glad that he didn't leave it to me? Isn't that a good day for the church? Isn't that a good day for everybody? They, um, but he did leave it to me and he did leave it to you. And uh, I think it's an incredible opportunity for us in this day, in our lives, to see something going. So let me give you, I'm just going to go to two passages of Scripture today to get this done. Let me make it really simple. Let me take all the pressure out of it uh, and then let me bring some principles to it. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, it says this. Let us not become weary in, in doing good. We're going to go to two passages. For at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Here's a first thought, simple way to perish, or to pastor. Our parish. Let us not become weary in doing good, for in due time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Number one, simple thought. If I'm going to parish, if I've got a parish and you have and I have, that we go about just doing good. How easy is that? Just doing good. And I suppose on the surface of that seems simple and it is. Just going about doing good, whether I'm in the classroom, whether I'm cutting deals, whether I'm getting a bank loan. It doesn't cost a lot to, I'm always curious when people would walk into a church rudely. When I see someone walk into a church rudely, just ignore people, not because they're shy, that's difficult, just because they're rude, I think, why on earth did you come to church today? Why would you come to church, be rude to people, listen to the word and go out, be rude to people and go home? To me, that's madness. It's like getting on a runner and at the same time as I'm on my runner eating a hamburger and fries and a Coke as a chaser. So there's absolutely no benefit. In fact, I probably went backwards. But let us do good in the classroom, cutting deals, negotiating bank loans, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, just to go about doing good. I have this little saying, some of you have heard it, that I use when I walk into a room. Darren, just add value. Whatever the room, just add value. Sometimes the best way I can add value is to be quiet and let others speak. If you do what I do, that's very helpful. (laughs) Haven't mastered it. But add value to the room. I'm talking about those of us who have been around a while, like just going next level good. There's a surface good that we all get, right? We all get that. But lots of people do that. You don't need to know Jesus to do that. I'm talking about the good that walks into a room, always looks to add value. The good that walks into a room in a difficult situation, you know, hopefully next time I get it right instead of having to put it right. But either way, just humble ourselves, do it right or put it right, whatever that looks like. Just go about doing good as we move across our week. I love that the Bible says that. And as it does, it says there'll be a harvest. Here's the second thought. It says, let us do good as we have opportunity. As we have opportunity. I think our challenge isn't a lack of opportunity, is it? There's opportunities everywhere. So so really, it's, it's a matter of being open. It's take the initiative, be proactive. See an opportunity and make it happen. And there's so many people in this room that I know live life that way. Um, just to let us do good as we have opportunity. Uh, I don't know if you've been to the hospital. I was in the um, ICU, where they've got the Joel Osteen quote. One of the wards has an American preacher, I love that, the Australian Medical System, which is brilliant, but left, and uh, has on its wall in Tamworth Base a quote from Joel Osteen, the everything American pastor. And it says, you know, time speaks love. I thought, it's so true. I don't like giving away my time. It's so allocated. Like, we'll finish the service today. I'll drive to Armidale. We'll have a meeting. I'll meet with their staff because we're looking after it for a year. I'll get back in the car. We'll drive here. We'll do the service. Bron will drop off in Bendermere, do the service. And then we don't need to talk about the week. And so, but time is precious. And yet doing good, sometimes it's just taking my time and giving it away. Um, um, just opportunities, moments, support, celebrate. There are those times in there. Attention, presence, focus, heart and soul present in the moment. Just taking the opportunity to do good, meeting needs, finding needs and meeting them, all those kinds of things. And then it says to two groups of people, it says, um, let us not become weary in doing good for the proper time it will reap a harvest therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all people to all people a minister of reconciliation the living example imperfect as we are of jesus a door of good and of gospel activism in the broader community you know like the the parish priest just moving about in people's natural world and so i just wrote some thoughts on that doing good to all people looking for the gold in people if you heard the saying um, don't search for dirt search for gold some people find the dirt, don't they? And uh, let's, let's sift and let the dirt go through because we've all got dirt, right? We've all got dirt and find the gold. And let that be how we speak about people in the, in the workplace, you know, when I walk away from, I don't know, like, like just finding whatever is positive in the workplace when you think about a work colleague. How profoundly different is that to how most people communicate, just like that? just to speak about the positive, just to look for gold in people, not for the dirt, look for the gold and let them know. Just let them know. Now that needs appropriateness, of course, but just letting people know when someone looks well today. Have you noticed, I know I'm going to have to pay five bucks, have you noticed my daughter Bella's outfit today? Navy blue, checkered white, suits her right, it brings out, yep, Anyway, I'll sound too much like a girl if I go any further, but it's a beautiful outfit on her. You will now notice. But how good to just let people know the good that's going on, the good you, we see in them uh, in going on in their life, the good just pointing it out. Minister out of who you are. So here's the next thought. Look for golden people, to all people. Minister out of who you are. Who are you naturally? Take that and minister out of it like the best, the best version of that. Who are you naturally? Some people are huggers. If you meet my wife in the street... Brian will probably hug you, even if she hardly knows you. If Brian, if you let her, my wife will hug her. It's just who she is and people respond to it. But if you and I walk down the street, Mitch and I see each other this week, probably not going to hug. It's just not who we are. If Mitch hugs me this week now, I don't know what I'm going to do, but <laughs> it's not who I am, it's not who he is. I mean, we do man, you know, Polynesian hugs. <laughs> they, um, but it's just who... who, who how are you why? Just take that and do good with it. Use the opportunity. You know, if you're a person who thinks to give gifts, let's just ramp it up a bit. Let's just go a bit harder. Let's go a bit further. If you're a person who's given to encouragement, take that and use it. Romans talks about the gifts we have. If you serve um, really well, let's take that and use it. Let's just, let's just get about go- doing good in a way that causes people to see. Minister out of who you are and then minister out of what we have what we have, there's something in your hand, there's something in mine, we live in an incredible time when many of us have excess, even if it doesn't seem like much it is, um, many of us have excess just to just to minister out of our much and start there. And then it says this, it says, so do that for all people, let us do good to all people. And then it says, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I don't know if this lady's here today, I was in Sydney ages ago, sitting in a restaurant uh, working and... Well, for work purposes, I was sitting in a restaurant and this lady was like from three rows away and she says to me, you're from Tamworth, aren't you? And I went, I am. And She said, so am I. I said, that's good. She said, I've been to your church. I said, have you? And she said, yeah. And, you, and I preached from this verse. And she said, um, do you really believe that believers are more important than other people in terms of your priority? And in the moment, I, I wish I'd seen her if you're here today, I'd love to explain it. I said to her no I think they're equal but the truth is that the Bible says to give special preference to those who believe in terms of our doing good not to be exclusive not to leave people out but that you and I in the course of our week and in course of our lives should give special attention as it relates to doing good to those who believe in Jesus and, you know, over the years I've heard people say, oh, Darren, you know, there's so many people to reach. I'm going to go out there and I go, yeah, that's great, except the Bible's full of one another's. In fact, I deleted them all from my message. I spent like two hours finding all the one another's and then thought, that's not going to work. So all the one another's in Scripture that cannot be fulfilled unless you and I are living in relationship where we're actually doing good to each other, living in community, those kinds of things. It says, especially to those, where's the opportunity for do, to do good for someone around here? Where is that for you? today before we leave this place where would that be thank god for people that have taken hold of opportunity when remember when mike Matamaini spoke here for the first time with compassion and mick sitting somewhere in the congregation hears his story and decides that he's going to find the people who can pay for him to get his family to australia here we are just a few years later not only did the family get to australia after years of nothing they moved to tamworth they're in our church we send them to Gunada. I mean, those guys are leading people to Jesus every week. They're baptising people all the time. So what a story through one guy doing good, through the opportunity that presented itself, then another man's family. So think of the praise that came out from Mike towards God that after four years, finally, after four years, finally, someone with the means, someone with what was in their hand, rallied the resource to bring their family to another country, God then in his divine work brings them to Tamworth and then eventually we send them to Gunnedara as a church asks us to start a church there in their place. That's a cool story. And when you and I start to just do good with what's in our hand, that opportunity starts to produce something in other people's, in other people's lives. Yeah. So let us do good and let us adopt that in pastoring our personal parish. And then finally it says here, we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. There's the everybody, there's the especially and in both cases, we'll win a harvest if we do not give up. The biggest thing standing sometimes between us and a harvest is just not quitting. I mean, if we're doing dumb things, they obviously don't to really help. But if we're doing the right things well and we stay with it long enough, the harvest will show up in the future. I mean, right now, this room next door, Ganada, Gaira, Bendemir and Armadale at the moment are a harvest of people who didn't give up. And where we are and where we will be in the future will be a harvest of who doesn't give up, who just stays with it, and then God turns up in it. It's true of our lives, it's true of the people around us. Um, it's, it's on so many fronts. So let's just keep at it. Let's just keep not giving up. So got that? Do good. I've got a few minutes. So here's Psalm 23. Not too many. You'll be glad to know that. I want to take you to the ultimate way to minister to our own personal parish, I see in Scripture, just for a few minutes how to pastor your parish. The, the, the passage isn't written for us to pastor, it's written to, about the great shepherd and how he relates to us, Psalm 23. But if you take the principles and in all of our imperfection live them out, we'll par- pastor well the parish that God has given us influence within. Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. First thought, uh, just being good to people's souls. Being good for their souls, I've written it. Being good for their souls. So many people upset people's soul, don't they? They Upset people's spirit. Make it more tumultuous. Create more turmoil than is needed. Unease, unrest, disquiet. But God, he comes along and, and he gives us this picture of how he functions and that is to lead people beside still waters, to restore their souls. And so that's the first thought. Just guides me along right paths for his namesake. Point people in good and godly directions. Uh, I don't know if she's here this morning. I'm very thankful for Ruth, Ruth Kramer. Ruth has met with Bron. Um, we had a difficulty back in about 2009. Ruth and Bron have met most Wednesdays ever since. And the one thing I know, even if Bron and I, like if Bron and I have had a fight on Tuesday, we occasionally fight um, and, regularly actually and uh, have disagreements just because we're both strong-willed people. Um, but what I do know is if Bron and I have had something happen on Tuesday and Bron goes to Ruth on Wednesday, almost every single time I'm the beneficiary, almost every time, because what does Ruth do? Ruth will point her away from the turmoil to Jesus. Ruth will say to her this beautiful saying, Bron, what does the Bible say about this? Leads them in paths of righteousness what does the Bible say about this? And, and I just think for us, it's such a good way to live. Bron has asked me to find my own Ruth Kramer and um, as yet I haven't. Not planning on doing it anytime soon. I much prefer being able to point things back at her. They are <laughs> not really. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or the dark valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me, my rod and your staff, they comfort me. In the parish where you have reach and relationship, being there in the big moments and the tough seasons speaks, doesn't it? So does our absence. Presence or absence? Presence or absence? There's lots of things I can't be at. There's lots of people I can't get to. My intent is to try and be there when, when it matters, at least as it relates to me or make sure someone is. Presence and absence. Presence and absence speak. God is there in the valley of the shadow of death. It's really important that in pastoring our own personal parish that we're just there in the big moments, you know, when you're moving across your week and someone's going through difficulty, tragedy, something's happened, something's gone, wild, just to be be present, uh, be there for them, make ourselves known, do something, Uh, not invasively, um, but, you know, just to be there, people, it's good for people to know we're there, send a text, make a call, organize a coffee, if that's what helps, Um, just to be there for them, it's so simple, living for Jesus is so simple, he said, He said, if you give a drink of water in my name or because of me, there's reward in that for you. Why? Because he understands. Jesus understands that in the little, in the small, in the day-to-day, they're the things that God uses. They're the seeds that God takes and and speaks about who he is and and what he's like as his people do those kinds of of things. Be there for people. Make yourselves known. Do something even if it's small. It goes on and says, You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with others. Oil, my cup overflows. I I think just being committed to people's future and uh, depositing what contributes to an overflowing spirit. Don't you want to be that for people? I want to be that for people. Just depositing into people what contributes to an overflowing spirit. Speaking into the future as the scripture does here. Um, Remind people God has got this to the degree we can just set people up to win. We, We had a guy come in off the street the other day and he wanted us to place him in a motel. And so we rang the Department of Housing. The Department of Housing said, he's got a house. His house was a violent situation. He said, I want to stay at the motel. I said, you need to go to the Department of Housing. He said, but I want to stay at the motel. I said, we need to take you to the Department of Housing. And he just didn't want to have to do anything. He just wanted to go to the motel. So in the end, I said, we'll take you to the Department of Housing, we'll pick you up, we'll sort it all out, we'll ring them now, but we won't pay for a motel because you don't need a motel, you need to go to the department. So we get him, he goes to the department. An hour later, he comes back knocking on the door. Bang, bang, bang. Darren, I went there. They are moving me. They've sorted out tonight for me. I'm getting a new home. Sometimes the best answer we give is that we've got to empower people with the real answer they need, not the one they want, Right? just going hey just helping him let the work of our hands let uh i forgot my thought there but just letting it come set them up for overflowing set them up for future in jesus name surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever and as i wrap this just pointing people to jesus pointing people to eternity reminding them of this we're just passing through we're on a journey this isn't home this is a stopover on the way Is like an Airbnb on the way to our terminal home, where you're staying right now. I hope you like your Airbnb, but if you don't, you can change it. But it's just for now. It's just a stopover. You know, when you go to an Airbnb, has anyone ever been to one? You live with other people's stuff and your stuff intermingled for the brief time you're there. And then you leave and you forget about it. That's this earth. And so let's just keep pointing people to Jesus, keep pointing people to home, that we are on the way and i don't know about you i look around at the world right now and i think i reckon we're closer of course we're closer than ever because time rolls on i think we might be close to the day when jesus returns anyone else think that might be the case i think we might be close we could even be a breath when i was a boy i used to worry because say in the blink of an eye i'd be always worried that my mum was going to disappear and i'd be left behind because well i wasn't very good in the blink of an eye, it might be right now. Seriously, seriously for a moment. Today could be the day, right? Today could be the day. Today could be the day that all this wraps and heaven kicks in and it is done. And every fear and every concern and thoughts of car deals that get under my skin that I need to get right, they will just be like, they're just so ridiculous. In fact, they won't even matter in five years if Jesus doesn't return. In the blink of an eye, it's all going to shift. It's all going to shift. And so we just want to keep pointing people to Jesus, keep pointing at each other to home. Home is coming. This is just a stopover. We're not here for long now. And so let's just keep doing that. We Let's stand with me. Let's pray. And we're going to go. So we're not going to go. We've got church news. Won't you bow your head? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for every person in this room today. You've given everyone who trusts in Jesus, believes in Him. You've given everybody, Lord, their own kind of parish, their sphere of influence. Their trust to steward, Lord, their parish to minister in. And so I just pray for all of us, Lord. We thank you for people doing an incredible job, Lord, in this way, in the way they live their lives. And we just pray for all of us. Lord, may our eyes be open. May our hearts be responsive. May our hands be willing. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au and thanks again for listening.